Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. We are halfway home on this Wednesday afternoon, we are at the 4 o'clock reset, this is where we get you caught up on everything going on in sports, so away we go. It is not new, but the list certainly has been narrowed down. The seven remaining candidates to be the next Cardinals head coach as of right now are Vance Joseph, Aaron Glenn, Ijiro Aviro, Brian Flores, Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan, and Mike Kafka. Now, according to reports, Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator, was in town yesterday for interviews. According to reports, Lou Anarumo is in town today for interviews. One name still not on that list, and that's Shane Steichen. He is the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and Gambo, some are wondering, no one's reporting this by any stretch, but some are wondering, since you've taken this long, and since the Eagles are going to be here for the Super Bowl anyway, maybe he should be on the list because he's already interviewed with three other teams for their head coaching vacancies. You know, at this point, you know, you brought up an interesting angle before. There's no rush, right? You're only dealing with the Colts, and um, so there's only two teams left that are hiring. Make sure you go, you know, interview as many people as you can. And again, when somebody pops, they're going to make a hire right away. It's, I just imagine at this point, nobody's popped yet. It's odd to think that nobody would have popped yet. I, I speculated yesterday, and it was pure speculation, that maybe they were waiting on Sean Payton to see what was going to happen. Maybe somebody, because I I mean, with most of these candidates now, they're not going anywhere, right? Like like Brian Flores, he interviewed for a couple of vacant defensive coordinator jobs. I could imagine he's going to want to wait to see if he gets the head coaching job for the Cardinals. Uh, Aaron Glenn's not going anywhere. Vance Joseph doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So there is sort of, you, you've got the, the baked-in ability of really not having to rush with any of these names unless they kind of demand to know whether they're in it or not. Uh, it does seem like the Cardinals have time. And if they wanted to expand the search even more, they possibly could to involve any coaches who are involved in the Super Bowl. And not just Steichen, but the, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Hell, Eric Bieniemy, if they wanted to, from Kansas City, I suppose they could right. wait on that. Right. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the... I think it's going to come from this new batch of coaches. It's just a gut feeling. We'll see. Suns updates before jumping into the game tonight. Devin Booker tweeted earlier today that he was rounding third. And according to the Suns, Book continues to progress with on-court activities. And his status will be updated game by game. But certainly with the baseball analogy there... Devin Booker himself is suggesting that he is very, very close to returning to the Suns. Yeah, and the, the last I heard was that's a that's a ramp up. It's going to be a certain amount of time that they want to ramp him up. So I do not. What's not going to be tonight? I, I I would doubt it's Friday. Now you start looking at those next couple of games because at this point they're going to want a five day ramp up. So to me that could be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but right around there just because of the ramp up. Phoenix did also reportedly make a move at the end of their roster today. In fact, not reportedly. We had James Jones on earlier talking about it. They've waived guard Dwayne Washington Jr. and signed local product and point guard Saban Lee to a two-way deal after what was a very successful second 10-day contract that he had with the team. Quite frankly, he outplayed Dwayne Washington during those two 10 days that he had. He did. He did. They really liked what he brought to the table. So... From that perspective, they 
they decided that he was the better option for them than Dwayne Washington Jr. So, real good for Saban Lee, tough for Dwayne Washington Jr., but Saban really earned himself a spot on the roster. No Landry Shamit, no campaign, no, obviously, Jay Crowder, no Devin Booker tonight for the Suns. They take on an Atlanta Hawks team that lost to Portland a couple of nights ago. They didn't have Trey Young in that game. He is probable, despite right ankle soreness for tonight's game. It's a late late tip time, an 8 o'clock tip time here on Arizona Sports Tonight, Gambo. Yeah, we'll see if the Suns can continue their winning ways. Nice win against Toronto the other day. A good job by Dario Saric. Mikael Bridges was outstanding, and Atlanta's one of those teams that, you know, like the Suns, uh, you know, trying to trade a player. They're trying to trade Jay Coll- uh, John Collins. They're eighth right now in the East, kind of floundering around that. Can't go one, you know, can't go, can't seem to go too far up or too far down. All right, let's, tar- let's turn to the conversation to Tom Brady, who this morning in a short video announced that once again he was retiring from the National Football League. He said that he didn't want to do a lot of fanfare, that you only get one shot at that, and he took it last year. No one really seems to think, unless they're joking about it, no one really seems to think that he's joking this time around or that he's not serious this time around. There seems to be a feeling around the league, Gambo, that this is actually it for Tom Brady. I would imagine so. I can't imagine that he that he does it again and decides to change his mind. Um, this one seemed real. This one seemed real. Last year, I think even after he retired, there was some people that were questioning. I don't think anybody's questioning whether he's going to come back now. Now, do I think at some point in the season that a quarterback goes down and somebody's going, what about Tom Brady? When he he's not going to come out of retirement. But you know damn well that oh, yeah. four weeks into the season, when a, if a good quarterback goes down on a good team, somebody's going to say, call Tom Brady. See if he'll come out of retirement for six or seven, for ten weeks and play some football for us. A couple of other notes from the National Football League. And we briefly mentioned this yesterday. We'll bring it up again today in the reset. Former Panthers interim head coach and former Cardinals head coach. Head coach Steve Wilkes will interview with the 49ers for their vacant defensive coordinator position. I can only imagine he would enjoy the opportunity to go up against the Cards twice a year, Gambo. I think he should have been a head coach. I think Carolina should have hired him. And I'll say that I thought he did a hell of a job for the Carolina Panthers. And I, I think Steve Wilkes should have gotten another opportunity to be a head coach. They decided to go with Frank Reich. Um, and But now Steve's going to have to go back. And you can't cry over it. I mean, it sucks. But just go to San Francisco. Do a good job there, and he'll be a head coach in this league again. The Vikings are planning to see if they can land interviews with Broncos D.C. Ajiro Aviro for their defensive coordinator opening. Uh, He is, of course, a candidate for the Cardinals and the Colts' head coaching position, so he might have to wait on that a little bit. But the Vikings start to do some work and maybe talk to one of the guys the Cardinals have spoken to about their head coaching job for a D.C. job. Yeah, there's no question that these you start to look at these teams now after these two after these two coaching hires get filled, then it's gonna be a mad scramble for the staffs. So you can sit there and say, Okay, there's not a rush to sign the head coach right now because there's only one other team. But what you wanna do is you you, you wanna make sure that your coach has ample opportunity to go get the best coaches out there for his staff. So there could be a rush that way because now Denver's gonna to put together a staff and say the Colts hire make a higher to before you, and then that guy's going to put together a staff. So you may want to get 
your guy hired, you know, sooner rather than later, just for the, for that reason that he'll have ample opportunity to put together a good staff. The big news out of ASU today: Jaden Rashada, the sixth-ranked quarterback prospect in the 2023 class, announced his commitment to ASU today. Now we had Kenny Dillingham on earlier in the three o'clock hour, and they can't talk about it officially because they haven't gotten the facts yet. We do have a statement from Rashada that he put on social media in which he committed to ASU, but we don't have the official comment from ASU because of that. Needless to say, this is a major, major coup for Kenny Dillingham, huge. assuming at some point they get that fax uh, This is absolutely huge. This is the number two de- dual threat quarterback in the country. He was ranked as the number six quarterback in the country. Father played at ASU, I think under Bruce Snyder, so there were ties there. Um, and to go get a kid like this. Now, you went out there, you got a Notre Dame kid they brought in, they brought in the BYU kid, and obviously, you still got Trenton Bourget. Uh, that's a lot of quality quarterbacks that you now have, but this kid, I would imagine this kid comes in as the day one starter. Yeah, you would tend to think so. Um, it's amazing to think that ASU's class was ranked 46th nationally before this. They jumped all the way up to number 27 nationally just because of Jaden Rashada. That's how good he is. That's yep. how, And he's a guy that Kenny Dillingham had pursued when he was at Florida State, when he was at Oregon. Now he gets him at ASU. And uh, again, hopefully that fax comes in and we can make this thing official. In the NBA, LeBron James continued his journey towards being the top scorer in NBA history. He needs 89 points now to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for number one on the all-time list. Also in the process of his triple-double last night against New York, he passed Mark Jackson and Steve Nash to move up to number four on the all-time assist, Mark Gambo. It's not that unreasonable to think that LeBron James could finish his career as the number one scorer in NBA history and the number two assist guy in the history of the NBA. Wow. Is that just mind-boggling? What he's what he's got, I think, over a lot of the other greats of the game is that his ability to play well at his later stages are better than others. He's better now than Michael Jordan was with Washington. He's not better than Michael Jordan overall, but I think if you take a look at LeBron right now and compare him to the other greats of the game when they were older, I think he is holding out better and playing at a higher level at his age. Yeah, no doubt about it. That is our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back on this Wednesday afternoon, we turn our attention back to the Arizona Cardinals coaching search. Now, now, frankly, we're not quite sure when the Cardinals are going to have a new coach. We'll talk about that next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday afternoon here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It was our top story that we talked about in the 4 o'clock reset. We're going to kind of hit zoom out and talk about it. A little bit more in greater detail, the Cardinals coaching search. Obviously, yesterday was a big day in regards to that coaching search, which Sean Payton deciding to go to the Denver Broncos and the Cardinals, and maybe they knew all along that was how that was going to end. But now the Cardinals, it's it, it feels like a bit of a reset, feels like a bit of a, okay, that's not going to happen. Now what sort of thing? Three new names added to the list today. Reportedly, Mike Kafka re- interviewed yesterday. 
Blue Anna Rumo, according to reports, was interviewing today. Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, scheduled reportedly for an interview tomorrow. Now, Gambo, we, it, we, 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 at the beginning of the week, we had a poll question. What's going to happen first, Jay Crowder getting traded or the Cardinals hiring a head coach? That question feels relevant now. You know, That question actually feels like it might stick now because I don't really know what's going to happen first given the state of the Cardinals coaching search. Yeah, I mean, to, to sit here, it's February. It's February, and you know, John Payton's been hired. A few of the teams have their coaches, and the Cardinals and the Colts don't. But that's okay. I'm not panicked. I'm not worried as long as they get the right guy. Now, we joked earlier about the Magnificent Seven, because that's what's left, the Magnificent Seven. And, boy, you hope that one of them's magnificent, because there's no chance that all of them are going to be magnificent. And I dread it. I dread that the Cardinals, you know, make a mistake, hire a coach that they're going to fire in two years or three years, and, you know, and, and these other organizations are going to hire coaches that succeed. I just, I don't want to be that team. you got to hire the right guy. You can't keep going through coaches. You want to hire somebody that's got, you know, uh, staying power, and and I'm not sure which guy that is, but that's why maybe why the process is taking so long. The seven names, the the magnificent seven, or as, you know, you joked a second ago, we just hope that one of these guys is magnificent, is uh, that we know about are Vance Joseph, Cardinals defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator, Giro Aviro, Broncos defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, Steelers special defensive assistant, former head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, Lou Anarumo, who I mentioned a minute ago interviewing this week, Bengals defensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator. Those are the known seven names that have been attached to the Cardinals and that are available. There have been other names that have been attached to the Cardinals. They're no longer available. Frank Reich, Sean Payton, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, you know, I don't know which one in here is going to be great. I, I, I don't know how you and I could know that. We're not there in the interview process. I, I the, 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 it's been so long since they've interviewed some of these guys. I do wonder, you know, what line of communication the Cardinals are having with some of the older candidates that they spoke to, right? The ones they spoke to a week ago, a week and a half ago. Have they told them they're ruled out? Have they told them they're not in it anymore? You have, have they told to. Them? You have to because you got to give them. If you're ruling a guy out, you got to tell him because you can't let him pass up an opportunity to go get a coaching job somewhere else. So if you're a zero Evero and somebody offers you a DC job and you're sitting there and you're in limbo with the Cardinals for two weeks, you're not going to take the DC job because you might still be the head. You got to know. So I would imagine that some of those candidates know right now that the Cardinals are going to move on and hire somebody else. Okay, I've got some news for you in this regard. It's not breaking news, sounder worthy. So please don't. Play it. Jonathan Jones, uh, NFL insider from CBS, is reporting the Colts are bringing in Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for a second interview tomorrow for their vacant head coaching position. Now, I, I, I laugh because there the same Jonathan Jones reported over the weekend that a name to watch for the Cardinals head coaching position was Aaron Glenn. 
the Lions defensive coordinator. He said, you know what? I, this is a guy who might make sense for the job now. He's reporting that Aaron Glenn is going back to the Colts. The Colts have talked to so many guys, I've lost track. I, I, know, I know. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's literally absurd. I'm looking at the list. Right, I'm pulling it up right now. Just, okay, here's everybody the Colts have had a conversation with or have been connected like 15 to. Guy, 15 you, guys, 13, yeah. 14 guys. Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. Rich Bisaccia. Brian Callahan, Giro Aviro, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryans, Jeff Saturday, Shane Steichen, Bubba Ventrone. Colt Special Teams Court. That's one, two. Three. Who was the last guy? Bubba Ventrone. Bubba. They interviewed a guy named Bubba. They interviewed a guy named Bubba. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 names. 14 names, Gamble. Wow, 14 guys. They, t- they talked to or were connected with 14 different guys for their head coaching job. Yeah, and if they hire Jeff Saturday, there's going to be a lot of pissed off candidates that went, went for an interview over there if they end up going with Jeff. Why did I come in here if the owner was always going to pick him? I don't know. Why did you waste my time if the owner was always going to pick Jeff Saturday? Yeah. It, 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 look, look, the Glenn I, thing, let me comment on the Glenn thing for, for a second. Yeah, please, please. If you were telling me that the, that a team was bringing in Aaron Glenn to interview him for the D.C. job, well, then I would say he's out as the Cardinals' head coaching candidate. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, the Cardinals have all these coaches. You, you Brian Flores and Vance Joseph and Ezra Evero and all these candidates. You know, if you do know you're not going to hire one, you do have to let them know so that way they could go fulfill another job because there are DC and OC openings and you want to give them every opportunity. Now, they're not going to take any of those jobs if they think they could be the head coach of the Cardinals. They're going to put that off and put that off for as long as they can. So you have to be true. You have to be fair to them so they can still get another job. So the second you know you're not going to hire one of those guys, you got to let him and his representatives know that you're going to go in a different direction. You appreciate the opportunity. It was great to get to know him and that type of thing so that way they can get another job. And, and, and that's a great point and that's why I'm waiting to see if some of these names are getting interviews for jobs that aren't head coaching jobs. So far, it hasn't happened. You know, Jonathan Jones is reporting Aaron Glenn has a second interview, but that's for a head coaching job. Uh, Kevin Seifert of ESPN reporting that the Vikings are trying to get an interview with Giro Aviro to be their defensive coordinator, but in his words, quote, at the moment, he's a candidate for the head coach job in Indianapolis and Arizona. The the name that I brought up earlier in the show, and I'll bring it up again, because a lot of people thought the Cardinals should have got in on him earlier in the process, and that's Shane Steichen. He's the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia. The Cardinals, he's spoken to three different teams already about their head coaching vacancies. Um, he, he He's, he's going to be in town, obviously, with the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be using the Cardinals' practice facility, so he's literally going to be in your building if you are allowed to have a conversation with him. At this point, since your only competition is the Colts, and we don't really know what they're going to do, it seems to me that as you know, as long as this search has gone on, why not go a little further? Why not have it go on a little bit longer? And if you've got a chance to talk to a guy who offensively has done the things that he's done with the Eagles with a true dual-threat quarterback... I think that's worth the wait. I mean, at this point, why not, right? I mean, give yourself a few more days and at least talk to the guy. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right? I mean, why wouldn't you wait that out for a few more days, especially with him going to be here? At this point, you've waited long enough. I mean, what's a little bit longer? I mean, if right. you get the most, the, the, the most important thing is just to get the right guy. 
And, you know, now that the Sean Payton thing is done, now you settle back and, you know, you, if you have to go through some, some second interviews, you do. This is important, not just for Michael Bidwell, but this is Bonnie Ossenfort's first hire. You know, and you don't want to get to the point where we look, we talked about this with Steve Kime, right? He hired Steve Wilkes and then he fired him and then he had an opportunity to hire Cliff Kingsbury. You don't want to get to the point where, you know, if, if the first guy he hires doesn't work out and the second guy he hires doesn't work out, like, okay, maybe you're not the right GM. Um, so I think it's important for Monty as well to make sure that he's in on this process and make sure that they hire the right coach. And, you know, you, it's just such an important, important hire in the, in the franchise, you know, history that you want to do everything you can to get it right. I think all of these candidates bring something to the table, but as you know, some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be terrible. And we just don't know at this point. There's two head coaches. That, that they've interviewed that have head coaching experience, or two coaches that have head coaching experience, Brian Flores and Vance Joseph. Those two guys have head coaching experience. Now, that doesn't seem to be a criteria for what they need to hire because they've interviewed plenty of guys that don't have head coaching experience, but those are the only two guys right now that have actually done the job. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, so many decisions to be made by the Phoenix Suns with a trade deadline just about a week away. One of the big decisions the Suns are going to have to make is in the offseason when it comes to the point God. What decision are they going to make? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. They took him right to the rim for a whammo. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day on this Wednesday afternoon. And for that, we send it back to the Oxygen Community Studios where Eric Ruby is ready to update us. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric, who has been uh, pensioning a little during our technical difficulties we had there in the 2 o'clock hour, the 3 o'clock hour. Hopefully things have settled down a little bit back there. A little bit. I I spent about the 3 o'clock hour sprinting back and forth across our entire station. So I've Mm. caught my breath and I'm ready to bring you guys this poll. So if I had seven options, I would list all the Cardinals candidates for head coach in one poll, but I can't. So we grouped them together. Group A are the names that we knew before this week the Cardinals were at least interested in being their next head coach. Vance Joseph, Brian Flores, Ajiro Aviro, and Aaron Glenn. Then you have Group B, which is this week's batch of names. Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo, who are both from the Bengals, and Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator. If you had to choose out of Group A, Group B, or neither, which one of those groups has the next Arizona Cardinals head coach? Bruce Arians. (laughs) Kurt Warner. Bruce is coming back. Ken Wisenhunt. <laughs> Somebody commented Monty Williams at this point. Uh, can you imagine if the if the correct answer is neither? Can you imagine if, and I know we just talked about it in the last segment, but after this long journey, the Cardinals haven't, in fact, interviewed the person yet that they're going to hire for their head coaching job after, what, 23 days now, 24 days of not having a head coach. That would just be laugh-out-loud funny if if their next head coach isn't one of those seven guys. Um I I still think it's Brian Flores, so I, I think it comes out of Group A. I, I just think the delay was because they were waiting on Sean Payton and doing due diligence. But, Gambo, I know you're a big Group B guy, right? 
Group B. I think that once you've reached out to this new group of guys, that it signifies to me, and I may be wrong here, I'm just guessing, okay, that you didn't fall in love with any of the first group, you know? So now you're saying, let's expand it and bring a new group in. So that's where I would say, I think that it's going to be one of those guys. Yeah, it's logical. Makes sense. What's our audience say on this one, Rubes? Audience is saying a strong 57.2% growing, going with group A, uh, 35% going group B, that new batch of names, 7.8%. That's about the same it was two hours ago, going with neither. But the name that everybody is saying for neither is Steichen. Steichen's the, I mean, he's, he's the guy that if you're going to wait, you might as well have a conversation with him. You know, you might as well see what he has to say. I, it's what the things he's doing with Jalen Hurts in some ways mirror exactly the things you want to do with Kyler Murray. I mean, that offense is dynamic with what they're able to do. They figured out a way to use a dual threat quarterback, and just for that fact alone, I'd love to talk to him if I'm the Cardinals to pick that brain a little bit and sure. see what you could find out. Right? Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, listen, you got to you got to have to hire somebody at some point, but, you know, you certainly don't want to hire a guy that you're not sold on. Like, somebody has to blow you away in the interview process. Like, I'm going to... It's like any job. I mean, anybody out there that has to hire people, like, right? I mean, you get a stack of resumes and you go through it and you're waiting for somebody to pop. You're waiting to interview somebody that just blows the doors off. You're like, that's the guy for this company. I'm hiring you. You know, same thing with the Cardinals. It's the same thing. You know, you've got a bunch of people that would like to be a head coach in the National Football League. They're not right now. And you're interviewing them and you're waiting to hear something you want to see it's not different than than business you know when you're trying to you somebody has to make a hire you're trying to hire the right person they're trying to hire the right person and right. it hasn't been easy you can uh, find that poll question on the burns and gambo twitter page at burns and gambo one word is where you can find it turning our attention back to the suns they're taking on the hawks tonight eight o'clock tip time here on arizona sports a little bit later than normal with the national tv audience trade deadline is one week from tomorrow it's going to make next week is is going to be one of the busiest weeks I think we've had around here in a long, long, long time. We're expecting Maddish B is going to be introduced as the new owner. The NBA trade deadline. Of course, the Super Bowl. Who knows when the Cardinals are going to hire a new head coach? I suppose it could happen next. I mean, it's just there's a lot of stuff that could be having that could be happening in this trade deadline, obviously, is one of them. There was a mailbag story today on The Athletic from one of their main NBA writers, and he was asked a question about the Suns because there's no doubt the Suns are going to be one of the most talked about teams going into the deadline and he answered the question first by kind of making the case for why the Suns maybe shouldn't do much of anything at the trade deadline uh, citing the, the health getting players back how good they were albeit in a brief sample size, small sample size, how good they were when they had everybody together and how they might just be banking on that coming out of the trade deadline but then he writes about the Chris Paul decision and he really, I thought kind of fleshed it out with some good numbers here, writing that the Suns' next franchise-altering decision could come this offseason. Paul's contract is only guaranteed for $16 million of his full $30 million salary next season until June 28th, six days after the draft. After that, the 37-year-old has a fully non-guaranteed year at $30 million. The team has a ton of potential avenues here. Waving and stretching Paul would only cost cost as little as $3 million over the next five years. Sign-in trades could be an option. 
or if the team makes another deep playoff run and Paul leads the way, the decision will be made for them. And then he goes on to point out that since coming back from the injury, he's looked like Chris Paul, 22.3 points per game, 11 right. assists per game, right? This is, look, so much of what happens over these next two months is going to be decided by how Chris Paul plays. Yeah. How does he look, right? No, I, had a, I had a lot of back and forth with Sam yesterday. We were texting back and forth, and you know, it's one of the things he said. He goes, Chris would be real easy to move and assign and trade on what is essentially a one-year deal if they want to shake up the core. You know, that would be if they lose in the first round. And so he goes, I think it's more likely than not that they have Chris next year, which I think the same thing, too. But he told me, he goes, I think the next big decision for them is Chris. I think that is. I think that's the big decision. Do you do you run it back next year with Chris and, you know, pay him $30 million knowing that you've got nothing guaranteed the following year? Or do you try to get him off for next year? The, the big thing is, do you, do you have a better option? And I think that's going to be really, really hard to have a better option than Chris Paul. Now, a lot will depend on the playoffs. If he, if he falls apart, physically, if he falls apart, if he struggles, if he, if he fails down the stretch, then the decision might be made for you. Like, okay, as good as he is in the regular season, I can't, I'm, right now, I don't know that I can trust him and count him in the playoffs, and you may decide to go in a different direction. But the way he's playing right now, you would have to lean heavily towards Chris comes back next year. Yeah, it, it really is amazing how easy it is contractually for the Suns to move on next year if they wanted to. And I'm, you know, clearly that's by design. Clearly they built in something like that to make that be a possibility and allow that to happen. Um, it, it, if Chris, I'll just put it this way: if if Chris Paul, okay, this version we've seen of him for the last four games, and my goodness, it's just four games. But if this is who he is the rest of this year and consistently in the postseason, I'm not ready to move on from that. I'm not ready to walk away from that. And that's, but the tricky part with that is going to be. Did the reason you get that version of Chris Paul was because he played so few games, right? Like, and is that how you have to handle Chris moving forward? You know, like, did you get the optimal version of Chris Paul because he only played fifty regular season games? Because you basically gave him two months of the season off, and he wasn't able. Because if that's what you're going to have to do to manage him going forward, that factors into the decision, right? Like, you have to decide. Does it? Okay, does it? Does it? Uh, you tell me. You're, so you're saying if you've got to give him all this time off, but he plays well in the playoffs, should that factor into the decision? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. If he, that's what I'm asking. No, that's that, what, that, I, I, and, and that's why I said I, like I don't think that I don't think it does. You might have found the, the 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 magic recipe there, right? Hey, sit him all these games, and he's great for the regular season. Maybe that's the because the uh, the playoffs. I mean, the only thing that matters is winning in the playoffs. They'll win enough games to get the playoffs every year if Chris only plays half the games. So I. I think, and you're only looking at one more year. I don't think it's conceivable that Chris would come back after next year. You know, who, you, you know, stranger things have happened, but I don't think so. So, yeah, like if you told me right now that Chris will be really good in the playoffs, but you got to only play him half the time. Okay. I can live with that. You just got to make sure you've got another capable backup point guard to get the job done for you. Which has been part of the problem this year with campaign right. missing all that right. time. I, I just I just looked it up because I was just curious. Chris Paul so far this year has played in 31 games. If he plays every single game the rest of the regular season. Which he not, won't. Which he won't, but let's just for argument's sake, let's say he does. If he plays every single game the rest of the regular season, there are 30 left. That means he would have ended up playing 61 games this year. He played 65 last year. 
He played 70 the year before. If he plays every single game the rest of the season, he's on pace to roughly play the same amount of games he played a year ago going into the playoffs. Now, I'm with you. I don't think he will play every game the rest of the regular season. I I think they'd be very wise, frankly, to give him a game off here, a game off there, the second night of a back-to-back, the first night of a back-to-back. I think that's very much the smart play. But, yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking. If if you get to the end of this year and you've decided that the secret formula for Chris Paul is to sit him 30 games a year, 35 games a year, is that what you do with them moving forward next year? And it sounds like, in your opinion, yes, that's what you do with them moving yeah, forward next I, year. I, that's the that's the arrangement. I know management is thinking right now that you're on your A game, so maybe giving you a couple segments off in the middle of the show really helped rejuvenate you. You've got a lot of energy. You're bringing a lot of spark right now. So, you know, I'm sure Sean is, is is talking about that right now. Maybe we maybe we give Bernsey a little mental break in the middle of the show. Look at the, how look at the energy he's come back with ever since he got two segments off. Cambo, my friend, mm. I'd be all. For- <laughs> All for it. Whatever you got to do to get the get the old timers through to the end, you know? Exactly. Nurse me through, baby. Nurse me through. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Register, and then once you hear your name, call within the time frame next week, and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. You could also win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl Experience, Text the word SUPER, 620-620. Arizona Sports All Access is presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. So Tom Brady said last month, quote, if he knew what he was going to do, he would have bleeping done it, close quote. Well, he did it. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. On February 1st of 2022, Tom Brady announced his retirement from the National Football League. On February 1st, 2023, Tom Brady announced his retirement from the National Football League. Some people have joked on the Internet that maybe he should wait until February 2nd because it's got that Groundhog Day kind of feel to it. You know, like, hey, haven't we been here before? Haven't we seen this? Uh, Last year, after 40 days, he changed his mind. I think most people gamble after watching that video. I don't think there's any changing of the mind on this one. that, That one felt pretty... Even though it was kind of low res and he's sitting on a beach and you can hear the plane flying over his head, right? Like it was not a very fancy produced video by any stretch. It, it, it that felt permanent. That felt like that was it for Tom Brady sure. this morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. Truly grateful on this day. And there he is and got the, uh, you know, all the, the high rise condos behind him. And he's <laughs> on a, it looks like a real cloudy day, though. You're at the beach on a real cloudy day. Doesn't have a shirt off or anything. But now, in his retirement and ending one of the incredible careers. And again, when you think about the athletes that retired too late, he didn't retire too late. Even though the age says he did, he didn't because he still played the game at an extremely high level. He wasn't the best quarterback in the league anymore, but he was still one of the best. He could have easily played and nobody would have nobody would have questioned it. So we never saw Tom Brady truly fail. We never saw Tom Brady hit rock bottom. We didn't see him the way we saw Steve Carlton at the end in his career or Frank Franco Harris with Seattle or Willie Mays with the Mets. 
so many athletes, we have vivid memories of these guys not being able to perform. Guys that were great. Patrick Ewing with what? The Orlando Magic? Sure. You start to think about these guys, these guys are like, oh man, it's, and it was hard. It's hard because these, these iconic figures, you watch them play and you're a shell of the former self. Tom Brady never got to the point where he was a shell of his former self. Never. No, in some ways, it mimics J.J. Watt. You know, when he steps away from the Arizona Cardinals, he he there was still toothpaste left in the tube. I mean, it wasn't it, he wasn't empty. He wasn't done. Tom Brady, we, we he could have gone to a half dozen different teams, and we wouldn't have batted an eye. We, we wouldn't have thought twice about it. We would have thought, okay, he's trying to squeeze one more year and beat Father Time one more year and give himself a chance. One more. We just talked yesterday about him going to the San Francisco 49ers as yeah. a Potential landing spot for him. So, so no, it's it, it, and I, I don't know. There's for some, there's that level of respect. Like, man, you went out when you still had a little bit left. As crazy as it might be to say that about a 45 year old dude, you went out when you still had a little bit left in your game. And and a lot of people, a lot of fans, respect a guy for doing it that way. What do you right? think they, about? What do you think? I just Randy Johnson ended his career with San Francisco, got the 300 wins. Um, Eight wins, six losses, and the ERA of four point eight eight. All those years with the Diamondbacks, that ER that ERA was in the twos, right? You know, and do you think he went out like when you look at him? Do you, do you, do you think he went out too late? Um, trying to get to three hundred. Yeah, but you know. Skill wise, yeah, but when you're that close to 300, yeah, you got to chase it. You, you got to chase, chase it. You yeah. got to chase it, right? Like, it, like if Tom Brady, and that's that's see, that's the other thing that's amazing about Tom Brady. There was nothing left for him to chase. Nothing. Every, I, I mean, nothing. He, the, the guy's the record holder in just. I, I've got this in front of me. I'll take a breath here. Super Bowls won, Super Bowl MVPs, passing touchdown, passing yards, completions, attempts, game-winning drives, fourth-quarter comebacks, Pro Bowl selections, starts, and wins. Number one all-time in the history of the NFL in all those categories. There's nothing left. There's, there's no 300th win to chase like there was with Randy Johnson. If there were, maybe Tom Brady's giving it another go. But there isn't. There's nothing left for him to do. And so you, you walked now because you still have some game left. You know, in every sport, you always get that when an iconic, even Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan, okay, we'll never see anybody like him again. You'll never see anybody like him again. And I still think Jordan's the best ever. But then came Kobe and then LeBron. And like, there are players that are superstar players that are on the same level. I still think Jordan's the best ever, right? He never lost a championship game. Uh, but at the end with the Wizards, he wasn't that good. See, we, we we saw Jordan kind of struggle at the end. We didn't see that with Tom Brady. But it's my point is it's fair to say that to even to the younger generation, the kids that are 30 years younger, you're not going to see anybody like this in your lifetime. Like, I feel pretty safe saying that. You're not going to see anybody win seven Super Bowls and do the things that he's done. I, I don't think you will. I, I just I, I think the 20-year-old kid right now listening that's going to be alive for 60 or 70 more years is not going to see anybody that's as great as Tom Brady. But we always say that about a lot of when an iconic player leaves the game, everybody says you're never going to see anybody like him again. And sometimes you do. But I don't know that you will with this one. No, I don't know if you will either. And the whole time you were talking, and I, I had this vision of Patrick Mahomes in my head, and and the thing about a guy like Mahomes or a guy like Burrow who hasn't even won one yet is that if if they're going to catch that you 
better get going, right? Like, even a guy like Mahomes, who's, what, 26, 27, 27 years old, I Not going to catch that. He, 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 you you got to go now, right? Like, you almost said And I remember, I can't remember who it was who said it um, when Kansas City was in the Super Bowl two years ago. One of the national talking heads got a lot of flack for calling it, like, a must-win game for Patrick Mahomes. And everybody was like... I totally remember that. You remember this? And everybody I was totally like, remember that. Like, WTF, what do you mean this is a must-win? And he explained himself. He said, if he wants to catch Brady, he has to start now. He has to start right now. He has to start winning a lot of these. Right? I can't remember who it was for the life of me. Who was it who said it? And Romo. Everybody was like, was it Tony Romo? It might have been. And everybody was like, you're freaking nuts. What do you, what do you mean he's got it? He this is not a must-win game for Patrick Mahomes. Somebody look that up. Somebody look it up if it was Romo. That's the first name that came to thought. But I, I don't I think it was Romo. I think I think you're right. Because it just sounds like the slightly screw-is-loose thing that Tony Romo would say about something like that. But he's not Romo. Wrong. If the conversation is about catching Tom Brady, then this one coming up in 12 days here in Arizona, it is a must-win for Patrick Mahomes because you got to start stacking these. you got to start getting there. I mean, maybe the most amazing stat about Tom Brady I saw today came from Field Yates on his Twitter account. Tom Brady in his 20s, Tom Brady in his 30s, Tom Brady in his 40s. It's remarkable. Three Super Bowl titles in his 20s, two in his 30s, two in his 40s. You're not catching that. You're not catching that. No, I, no one's doing that. No, I, I don't think anybody in my lifetime is going to do that. Now, no, and that's why it's safe to say... You're not going to see anything like this. Yeah. You're not going to see anything like that again. Like younger kids, you know, when they're when they're 50, they are going to be able to tell people like I saw Tom Brady play. You know, because there's not going to be anybody that duplicates what he's done. When we come back, the NBA trade deadline is one week from tomorrow. Man, what's going to happen? A few names certainly have been linked to the Suns. None more so than Toronto's OG Ananobi. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo.